episode of She Speaks Stories. This is Portia. And this is Julia. It's going to be a great day today. We are continuing in our series, if you will, of Women of the Bible. Yeah, so good. And the stories that have been brought forward have been really fun. I feel like um, some of them are stories that I've heard before and I go, oh yeah, 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 I know that story. But then the little truth nuggets that everyone has brought forward have been so good. I so agree. Good. I agree. And I think it's, you know, we hear about, we've been hearing about women that are maybe more famous, if you will, in yeah. scripture, but we are looking at them in, I think, different, in a different way yes. than um, and I think that just comes from each individual person and, um, you get to see the uniqueness of how God's made them and created them. It's coming through the stories that they're telling from the Bible. Agreed. Agreed. Which is so fun that everyone has pulled someone different and then someone different mm-hmm. has told their story. And so those mm-hmm. two differences make like a different flavor in mm-hmm. that story. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah, so it's so fun to hear other people's perspective on the stories of the Bible. And I feel like that's part of when I say that God's word is living and active, that's Mm -hmm. part of what that is. It's our ability to hear the story and then Mm -hmm. to tell the story. It keeps it like the heartbeat going. Yeah, it's it's like a picture of, you know, how a diamond has different facets. And so you see different aspects of the precious stone when you look at it in different lights that that's what it is that's what these stories have been coming through different people that we get to see different facets it's kind of you know you go to church and you hear a message and you hear one thing and then you talk to your husband or a friend and they're like this is what i heard and it's completely different (laughs) same message but what they gathered from it was completely different than what you heard and so i love what you said that about the word being alive and active and so that's good. And that's where, that is the hub. That's what this Women of the Bible series is about, is just hearing mm-hmm. all the different stories and keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love that. And um, our, our woman today that we're going to be talking about, she's found in the Old Testament. And I think that there is a lot of depth in the Old Testament that we sometimes miss. I think sometimes as believers, we camp out in the Psalms. We'll maybe read a little bit of Genesis. We'll read some Proverbs. And that's like it, (laughs) you know? Because they're like comfortable. Yes, yes. It's not hard. It's not something we have to sort through. Well, because we just look at it and we're like, is this really what God did? I don't know why. And But I I think it's a really good picture of life because even like right now, if we look at our own lives, we could ask that question of like, is this what God allowed? Is this what God did? And we have this same opportunity as those in the Old Testament to choose whether we're going to believe and trust and have faith in the God who's demonstrated his goodness to us. But when life happens, it is very tempting. And I think normal to question and then to go back to, wait a minute, what do I know about God? What do I know about his character? And so um, the young lady, I'll call her a young lady. She's most likely in my mind, she's somewhere between the ages of 10 and 14. Um, you find her story in Second Kings chapter five, verses one through three, and it's just a little bit. And so I think what I'll do is go ahead and read um, yeah. this passage. Um, this is this is a story of uh, lost dreams, bitterness averted, 
and compassion being given. So um, 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Join me for story time. Okay. <laughs> so Naaman, commander of the army for the king of Aram, was a man important to his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was a valiant warrior, but he had a skin disease. Aram had gone on raids and brought back from the land of Israel a young girl who served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his skin disease. So Naaman, what the girl from the land of Israel had said. So um, for those of you that are thinking skin disease, he had leprosy. And um, this is a familiar story. If you grew up going to Sunday school or being in kids church of Naaman being cleansed from his leprosy, spoiler alert, he does get healed from the skin disease. He goes and sees the prophet and the prophet tells him to dip seven times in the Jordan river. And he's like, what? Ew, gross. We have better rivers in my land. And his servants are like, Hey, but if he'd asked you to do some great feat, when you've done it, do the simple thing. So he does it, he gets healed. But what I really want to focus on is that raids happened in the land of Israel and a young girl was brought back and she served Naaman's wife. Mm. I call her Naaman's wife's servant girl because scripture doesn't tell us her name. She has a name, 100% she has a name, she had a name, but we don't know what it is. And I think that with scripture saying she was taken, it's not just, hey, do you wanna come on this adventure and live in another country? She was forcibly taken. She was kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And if you read through stories in the Old Testament, whenever there was conquest, um, very often people were taken as captives, as slaves, and then also people were killed. So we could infer that her parents, her family were probably killed. At best, they also were taken into captivity, but it would not be outside the realm of possibility that they were murdered. Mm -hmm. So she's young. Remember I said, in my mind, she's between the ages of 10 and 14. And so she's been taken from her homeland. She's been taken from all that she knows. She's been taken from the dreams that her parents had for her. Because if she's between those ages, let's say she's 12, they are already starting to talk to her um, and to plan who she's going to be betrothed to. She's learning how to cook. She's learning how to care for her home. She's learning how to care for children. She's learning how to do all of these things that young girls in her community would be taught. And now all of that is gone. All of that has been taken. So dreams of being married, dreams of having her own children, dreams of living close to the family, but having her own home, all of that is gone. And she is now a servant in someone's house. And I find it really interesting that when this young girl hears that her master has a skin disease that can kill him, that her response is not, serves you right. Her response is not, I'm so glad. Her response is not better you than me. Her response is, if only my master could go to the prophet in Samaria, he would be healed. And so as I read that, I just was thinking, I was like, what kind of a girl, what kind of a person is kidnapped from their family and forced into service to another family responds with such compassion and empathy? And when I thought about that, I thought about um, the Shema. Um, are you familiar with the Shema, the prayer that um, all Jewish children would have been taught? 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind and all of your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus quotes this in the New Testament. He's being questioned as he often was by religious leaders of the day. They're like, what are the greatest commandments? And this is the response to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, yes, all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Well, this little girl surely would have been taught to listen and to know that God is God. He is one and to love God with everything and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so when I look at her response of, if only my master could go to the prophet in Samaria, it makes me think she had to have loved God with everything that she had. How else do you deal with the grief and the heartache of being ripped from your family? Right. 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 I mean, it is in, in hear me listeners. I'm not saying, Oh, if you love God, that when things happen to you, it's going to be all right and all good. La-di-da. <laughs> this, no. is not, um, no. this is real life that I don't think we are taking massive liberties to, to put ourselves in her shoes and to think about what it would be to lose everything. Mm-hmm. I am confident that she cried bitter, bitter, bitter tears and that she feared for her life and thought that she would die. But the fact that she is serving the mistress of a high ranking officer, Naaman was a highly regarded warrior, valiant warrior is what scripture calls him, says he was highly regarded by the king. For her to have landed in that type of house I think that God's hand was in it. I think that God's hand, even though what had been done to her was awful, even though what had been done to her was unthinkable because things happen to us that are not God saying, I am doing this to you, but they happen because we have free will. You know, when we look around at all of the things that happen in our world and all the things that happen directly to us, it's not because God is making them happen. It's because he refuses to make us robots. He's refused to to take away our free will. We get to choose how we are going to respond. And the free will of those from Aram was acted on this young girl in that she was taken from her home. And so I go back to, I'm sure she wept and I'm sure she had to choose. Am I going to lean into the God that I know? The God that I've been taught about, the God that saved my people from Israel, the God who who appeared to Moses, the God who parted the Red Sea. Because remember, this is after that. This is years, hundreds of years after. She would have known those stories. She would have known the greatness and the goodness of God, how he provides for his people. Yeah. I think she chose to remember how incredible God is and to love him with all that she had, with all of her heart with all of her mind, all of her soul, and all of her strength. And that is what keeps us when life happens and we have the choice to allow seeds of bitterness to come in or not. The book of Hebrews tells us to not allow bitter roots to grow up in us. And bitterness comes when we don't take care of offenses and choose to forgive. Wow. Um, because forgiveness isn't a feeling, Right. I wish sometimes it were that it would just happen, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you flip a switch, but um, I guess choice, choice is kind of like that. Yeah. Um, right. I'm going to choose 
I'm going to choose to forgive, even though I remember, even though I feel X, Y, Z, even though I can see what's happening around me, I'm going to choose to forgive so that bitterness cannot build up in my heart because I'm going to love the Lord with all that I have, all of my heart, all of my mind. So my thoughts, when I remember God, I'm going to love you with my mind and you're going to help me with the thoughts of all the things that have happened to me with all of my soul, mind, will, and emotions with all of my strength. I might be exhausted, but whatever I have, God, I'm going to love you. I think I was interrupted for a second. I think that's amazing because so many times people, and I feel this way where it's like, okay, so forgiveness. Yes. I choose to forgive, but like, then what do you do? Like there aren't Mm -hmm. the steps of how to do that and to walk through that and go with all of my mind, with all of my heart, with all of my strength Mm -hmm. gives you kind of the application to Mm -hmm. forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. you're shifting that focal point on, well, that was wrong to mm-hmm. how, how do I respond to it? The things you can mm-hmm. control, right? Your thoughts and your heart and your strength. Absolutely. So love that when people say bad things happen or I don't know how to forgive, that mm-hmm. is the application. Absolutely. Because it's a, um, even, okay. So after love God with everything, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, first Corinthians 13 tells us what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It keeps no record of wrongs. When I was reading that, I went, okay, let's talk about this. Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Stop right there. (laughs) Because in my mind, I'm not, I'm, when I choose to forgive people, I'm not keeping a record of wrongs, but if I happen to remember what they've done when they do something else, that's not keeping a record of wrongs. I just remember and I felt like the Lord's like, oh, contraire. Yeah. <laughs> um, because what I found that I was doing is in remembering, I was like, but this is a pattern. See, this happened here. This happened here. This happened here. So this is a pattern of behavior. And I would build my case right. so that you would know this is why I am even more upset or even more hurt because of all of these things that have right. happened before. And I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know how to do this. How do I how am I loving in this way and not keeping a record of wrong and also telling the person who's hurt me that they've hurt me. And what I felt like the Lord did was ask me a question of when you ask me for forgiveness, do I tell you all the things that you did before? And I was like, so the key in this part of love and loving others is that when you forgive, you are forgiving for this thing right here. And then the next time something happens, because something will happen, Jesus said we're to forgive 70 times seven, not actually 490 times, but the principle (laughs) of that we forgive over and over again, that each time I'm just focused on this thing and I'm not bringing up everything that's happened in the past. And so we have an opportunity a lot in any relationship that we have, spouse, siblings, parents, children, co-workers, neighbors, we will have an abundance of opportunity to practice not keeping a record of the wrongs that have happened before, but each time something happens to choose, I forgive you for this. And as we continue to, I forgive you for this, I forgive you for this, each individual thing, what I'm finding, which full disclosure, I've only been actively doing this for a little bit, (laughs) Um, but I'm finding that my anger and my frustration and my is less because I'm just thinking about this thing that is in front of me. I mean, if you're raising children, if you're in the thick of it, 
you're forgiving your kids all day long. Right. And so I have found that when I'm needing to correct them, it's not as heavy Mm -hmm. because I'm choosing to forgive in the moment for the thing and am not looking at all the things that happened three hours ago. You forgive and then you put it down. You don't keep carrying it. So it's not correct. Correct. And then put it down. Correct. And so my hope and my goal is, is that it'll become like muscle memory as things happen. Now, obviously the greater the offense, the hurt, the sin against me, the more the the power of the Holy Spirit to be like Jesus and to choose to forgive. Um, Because I have found that the things that God asks us to do, he empowers us to do it. It's not like love God, love other people. You're on your own. It's love God, love people. He puts a desire in us to desire him, to love him. He's given us his word. And so you might think about this little girl. Well, she didn't have scripture, but she would have known elements of scripture, even though she was a girl, even though she wouldn't have been trained the same way as the boys in her family, she would have been taught certain principles of scripture and how to love God and how to love others. I think about what kind of mother must she have had? What kind of sisterhood of women must have been around her? Because not only did she respond to her master with such compassion, not only did she not demonstrate bitterness, but they listened to her. Mm -hmm. What was it about her that they even listened to what she had to say? I I think that she had to have been a young lady of character, of -hmm. remarkable character that came from, she was loving God with all that she had. And she was loving her neighbor, which in this situation, her mistress and master, as she loved herself. And she could only do that as she was empowered by God to do that. And so the fact that she spoke to her mistress, which I don't know how much everybody knows about slave master situations. It's not often where you get to speak without being spoken to. Right. And so in this scenario, it says, It doesn't say that the mistress talked to her. It doesn't say that Naaman talked to her. It says she spoke up to her mistress. If only my master could go to the prophet in Samaria. And the fact that they heard her. Now, was there probably an element of desperation for Naaman and his wife? Probably. Probably. Because to, to contract leprosy, that is, that's a death sentence and separation from your family for until until the end of your life. Right. Because it was so highly contagious. So, um, so even though we can infer that there probably was an element of desperation, but they believed her, Yeah, they listened to her. And so the little girl tells Mrs. Naaman, Mrs. Naaman tells Naaman and then Naaman goes to the King and he goes on this journey and he eventually finds his healing. Now, listen to this. Here's, 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 here's the point of all of this. When we love God and when we love people, it doesn't always equal a change in our circumstance. She's still a slave girl. Yeah. She still doesn't have her family. She's still like those things did not change. Now I would like to think and to imagine that because they listened to her and because Naaman received his healing. And also if you continue in the story in second Kings chapter five, Naaman becomes a believer in the one true God. He says, for the rest of my life, I will only sacrifice to the God of Israel. And he had an encounter with God. And because he had an encounter with God, 
I wonder how that played out in this little girl's life. True. I don't know. I, I would love to think that they freed her and just lavished her with love. And it was like, she was a family member or just released her. I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait. That'll I'll add that to my list for when I get to heaven. God, what happened <laughs> yeah. to this little girl? And also what's her name? Yeah. I want to meet her. Right. Yeah. But here's, here's the point that I think we can learn from her life. When we love God with everything that we have, when we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, because loving God, it automatically builds the love that we have for ourselves, not in a haughty way, not in a narcissistic way, but in a healthy way. Um, When we love God, we're able to love ourselves and we're able to truly to love others. It will impact other people, which is what we're called to do as salt and light as people who belong to Jesus, that even if my circumstances never change, I'm going to love God and I'm going to love the people that he's placed around me so that Others will have the opportunity to encounter the one true God and to know that he is good and he does only good. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us so that we could have a relationship with him. So this little girl teaches us how not to live in a place of bitterness. She teaches us how to love God. She teaches us how to love others. And because of that, we get to see that others encounter God because she decided not to be better. And so those are questions we have to ask ourselves because we will have trouble in life and we will have an occasion to be offended and we will be wronged, like wronged. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with that? I'm not saying to ignore it. I'm not saying to just put a bow on it, but I am saying, and this is things that I am learning and walking through, to invite the Lord the king of the universe by his Holy spirit into our circumstances so that our hearts stay soft because we're going to choose God. I'm going to love you with everything that I have. The little that I may have left over because of life, all of it belongs to you. And because of that, I love what you're doing in me. And I love the people that you've placed around me. So I will speak up when you give me the opportunity to speak up. I will show compassion when you give me the opportunity to show compassion. I will help tangibly if it's within my hands to help tangibly, because I know that you are good and you do only good and I can trust you. And so um, Naaman's wife's servant girl, I think she teaches us so much on how we can live life even when life is not what we wanted and it's not what we asked for. Yeah, oh my gosh, I love that. And Mm -hmm. do you think she had any idea what role she was playing in Naaman's world, in his salvation, in her story recording in the Bible and the impact that would have on all of the people that read that in this podcast on us as I know the story. No. And in the same way, don't we not know what Mm -hmm. our choices in loving others and forgiving others will Mm -hmm. impact Right. I mean, I'm not saying our stories are getting written in the Bible, but they're they're known and affect people. And that effect, it's like a domino. It another and another and another and ongoing love and forgiveness can occur. How inspiring is that? I mean, like it just comes from like, we could probably simplify it. It comes to surrender and obedience to God. Surrender and obedience to God will have ripple effects beyond our lifetime Mm -hmm. Um, because that's just, and, and we may not know it, 
I, I, I think there's a lot in culture and society. It's like, do great things for God. Yes, do great things for God. But sometimes the great thing for God is just submitting to him and being obedient. You know, that is the greatest thing we could do. Um, it was the prophet Samuel to Saul. He says, obedience is better than sacrifice. God, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. I just want your obedience. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to forgive. I want you to love. I want you to speak up. It's not, yeah, it's not glamorous. It's ordinary mm -hmm. often and that's mm -hmm. okay. And that's another yeah. thing I think in our culture, if there's not the likes and the recognition, it loses the value. Right. Or so we're told, but it mm -hmm. doesn't. It absolutely right. doesn't. It's those little baby steps, the ordinary choices, the heart turn to forgiveness that makes mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's just the kingdom of God. It is, it is opposite of the world yes. where the least is the greatest. The last is the first, the mm -hmm. one who has nothing has everything, you know, and, um, and it boggles our mind because we live here, but we're here, <laughs> but we're not of this world. I, um, I saw a post the other day of a man who talked about whales that how they die is they drown, which is wild because they live in the water, but it's because they're mammals. And they have to come up to the surface to get air. They have to come out of the world that they live in, that they're not actually a part of, to come to the world that they are a part of, to receive what they need so that they're able to thrive in the world that they're in, but not of. Right? So you need whales. <laughs> yes. So. I don't know. I love word pictures and analogies mm -hmm. like that. That those stick with me. So that mm -hmm. is going to stick with me. I'm going to forever remember yeah. come up and we are. This air. is in the, on one hand, I think it's the easiest thing and the hardest thing. Yeah. You know, to stay consistent and faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful. And then there'll be fruitfulness. And yeah. then we are faithful, faithful, faithful. And I think this is what this little girl did. I think she consoled her heart and comforted herself with, I belong to the Lord. I will love him with everything. And I'm going to love the people that he's brought to me. Um, yeah, I've had to encourage myself with, I, I cannot reach everybody everywhere. Um, I cannot do everything, but I can do what God places in front of me. Ugh. And so if I just keep my eyes open and my ears open and I keep my heart soft, I will see what God places in front of me. And it's brought me so much whew, a deep breath of like, you're not missing it. Just do what he's, what he's wife to Clinton, mom to my boys, daughter to my dad, you know, yep. friend to the people in the sphere, to those that God's given me to, to speak and to encourage, do that neighbor to my neighbors. Right. Right. And that's um, freeing because it's mm -hmm. not all the things and everything, the shoulds that you have all over you. It's just, yeah. you're saying what God places in front of you Absolutely. and how much better do you do it when you feel that freedom? It's not mm -hmm. as tasky or yeah. got stuff. Oh, I should. Yeah. And I you know it's, mm -hmm. it's more authentic and for uh, sure fun. It's more fun. I think we find God more if when yeah. we are in the space that he's placed us. I think we see him and hear him more um, in those spaces than when we are looking over someplace else and striving to be somewhere else or to be someone else. Um, so this um, this little girl, I can't wait to meet her one day. I know, mm -hmm. how amazing. Oh, 
And the fact that it was a girl, a little girl that did this also makes it less like, well, of course she did because she's this, uh, no, she was just Mm -hmm. a little girl. And Mm -hmm. so we can, we can do it too. Mm -hmm. We can apply it to our lives. 100%. So good, Portia. Seriously, I got chills like throughout that. (laughs) This is, I've really enjoyed studying her. And um, that would be a fun book. That would be a fun story. I, I love stories that take a narrative out of scripture and then they they fill in the spaces that are left silent. I think this would be a beautiful, beautiful story just to hear the backstory, what it was like growing up and being with her and the struggle and the pain. Because even though she did this, that doesn't mean that she didn't have pain going forward. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean that she didn't miss her family. It doesn't mean that she never cried about what she lost ever again. Um, But I think that would be such a beautiful, that would be such a fun narrative. And then we could fill in the spaces of what happened afterwards. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Somebody write that. (laughs) Someone please write that. (laughs) (laughs) We want to read it. Oh, so good. So good. I feel like every time that God lays something on our hearts that we get to dig in and explore the truth that comes from that is so powerful. And this is absolutely no exception. So good nuggets once again on a epic woman of the Bible, even though she doesn't have a name. I know she she doesn't have a name, even though she isn't named. Yes. Right. Um, She still has such a big impact. And I love that too. Yeah. So good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, listeners, uh, you may feel like no one knows your name, but God does. You may think that um, people are not aware of your story, but God is. He's writing your story. So be encouraged. Guard your heart against bitterness. Love God with everything, because that is what is going to give you the power to love you and to love those that are around you. Amen. Well said. Well mm-hmm. said. That's that's exciting. It is. God is good and he's for us. Amen. And all right. Amen. Well, this was good, Portia. Love Thanks. This was fun. Always. Another favorite. We hope everyone listening had as much fun. I've, I've written like a page of notes here that <laughs> I read. So I'm gonna have to go through and listen again. But um the truth that comes in the simple is mm-hmm. awesome. I love it. Thanks, everyone. We love you. I love you. Bye. Bye.